This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Investors Roundtable. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and you can follow me on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And we have an interesting episode today. You know, I know we talk a lot about fundamental investing and long-term investing and buy and hold and all that. But, you know, one of the first episodes, or it was very early on in Planet Microcap, and, and it was one of the first conversations that I actually had with one of our panelists today, Kevin Shea, and he was talking about technical analysis in microcap investing, and, and just TA in general. It's, it's technical analysis we sometimes call TA, for those who don't know. And so I thought it might be kind of a fun episode to kind of just talk about technical analysis in general, trading. I mean, that's been kind of the main strategy of choice that we've seen uh, over the last, I'd say, year and change, you know, during this pandemic. And uh, based on everything I've read out there, that that seems to be most of the, the strategy. So, you know, rather than just poo-poo it, because most everybody that I think watches this and listens is fundamental and and that I have on the on the show is more fundamental and don't really pay attention to it. <clears throat> let's embrace it. Let's embrace what we don't know. And let's try and understand a little bit better. So joining us is my TA expert himself, Kevin Shea at The Good Prick on Twitter. And Stephen Keel, who, like me, just wants to learn a little bit more about TA and, and technical analysis and trading and all that good stuff. So gentlemen, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Bobby. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. It's great. It's great to have you guys. So we're going to throw it to the expert himself to start off here. I mean, Kevin, you know, we're, we're not, we don't need to, I mean, you could briefly explain TA if you want, uh, but at the same time, I mean, how has it been used uh, in, in this last year where, I mean, can it still be used and when markets just continue to go up? I think that might be the dumbest question I've ever asked anybody at this, <laughs> in any of my shows, but you know, talk to, give, give us your two cents to start and then we'll go from there. Well, technical analysis in and of itself was pretty much uh, introduced back in the 30s, 30s and 40s um, from some of the first, first adopters of the methodology. So it's been around for a long time. Um, it obviously has, has, has um, survived, if you want to use that phrase, for the last 70 or 80 years. So uh, I don't think it's new to anybody. It's just a, you know, just a uh, continuation of what's been going on in the past. Uh, technical analysis in general is, is uh, basically watching the share price and volume and making decisions based upon the movement of those prices and volumes uh, based upon a number of different criteria. And the criteria can go all over the place, but most of the criteria is in mathematics or geometries <clears throat> having to do with patterns and, and indications and things of that type. And you go on and on. Um, and there have been many, many, many books written about it. So one, one, can, one can, can see that, but it's very, very repetitive. The books are very, very repetitive because they're all talking about the same patterns and methodologies and techniques. Um, and the other thing that you mentioned is that it's it's applicable in virtually any time frame. Uh, there are people using it on a, uh, I call it rapid trading. Uh, day trading seems to have taken a connotation one way or the other. 
rapid trading where people are dealing in time frames that are generally uh, uh, minutes, you know, 10 minute, 15 minute. And it can be used weekly by others who have a longer term, much longer term perspective. Um, and the same, same techniques apply. Uh, and it's, it's one of those things where it's also somewhat, because you can go from 10 minutes to a week, what you're looking at is somewhat fractal in, in its nature. It's repetitive and, and it continues to, to repeat itself over time in many different time frames. So, I mean, that's a little bit, I mean, it's, it's, it goes on and on and on. I mean, it's really hard to explain it in, in, in certain, uh, in a short time. But the one, thing, the one thing that I did want to mention, I think that's very appropriate for our conversations that we've been having on this, uh, on this round table for such a long time is, is uh, we've been focusing a lot on fundamentals and methodologies related to uh, how do you evaluate a company. And that's very, very good. I mean, ultimately that, that's a choice that people make as to how they, how they want to invest. Um, and I was in the conversation with a fellow who is a, who is a, a panelist here. And uh, I asked him the question, I said, wouldn't it be valuable to you if you were able to identify tops and bottoms uh, for your long-term conviction holes? And the question was, well, you can't pick time. I mean, he said, I basically suck at uh, picking tops and bottoms. I said, but what if you could? What if you actually could? What if you were able to do it in some fashion that was beneficial? Would that be beneficial to your portfolio? And would you be able to avoid drawdowns? And how would you how would you like to avoid having to take a drawdown? You know, because again, those those can be 20, 30, 40 percent, and they can be two weeks to two years for a drawdown. So um, and you know, of course you have to live and suffer through those things. So the question is, is that can you can you use technical analysis as part of a fundamental approach to investing that may help you? improve your portfolio by by not being in during the times of decay um, so that was kind of the basic question of it is it is it, is it beneficial to have a, a dual path or a bimodal uh, investing mode where you have both ta and fundamental working together um, so that that became that became quite interesting to me is, is that, that the conversations oftentimes as you said sometimes the fundamentalists poo poo ta and other way around so that was quite interesting to me. The other thing I think is notable, and this is one of those things that I think when you read, you will find consistently uh, a comment that basically suggests that TA and chart observers are basically watching sentiment and emotion with regard to and related to the shifting information that occurs dynamically during, during time. I mean. When you can see it pretty readily, you, you, you sit down and see, you get a PR, okay? These are the easy ones. You get a, a PR that comes out and it's great. And all of a sudden the market jumps up and then comes back down again or whatever. Um, those emotions are basically based on that piece of information. Now, when you take a collective set of information, okay? You're gonna get the same type of responses, except they can be maybe more, more or less a little, a little bit um, um, controlled. Now you get into something like uh, my favorite company, Ford Motor Company. Look at Ford. I mean, every piece of information out there by Ford is known by everybody. So there's there's really no information advantage uh, applicable within within the old scheme of, of Ford. So how does how does Ford and other large companies like itself move uh, share uh, share price wise? Why does it why does it move? Um, so the, you know the real question is if, if all the information is there and stocks move on information, why do these things shake all over the place? Uh, to some extent, you know, you go back to the town and say, well, because 
people are people and they have emotions and the psychological aspects of this thing. Um, and there are the, the, the ideas of um, in a, you know, creating in and out in a variety of things. So it, it, it does, the, the idea of information and how people react to the information by a TA's perspective is viewed through the chart, okay? So there are some, there are some standards that are out there that, uh, that uh, would be applicable and I think you'd hear it all the time. I mean, there's so many rabbit holes that we can go down from, from that opening statement right now. Um, but but I think I think that the one question you posed so that we can ease our fundamental audience uh, into TA a little bit, I think that's a good place to, to, we'll go down that hole first. Is it possible? Is it possible to implement some kind of TA strategy into your fundamental, fundamental strategy or philosophy? I mean, I, Stephen, I'm sure you've thought about this a little bit. You know, you've been in the markets a long time. You look at charts. I mean, have, have you ever dabbled in that or thought about ways in which that, you know, if I could pick tops and bottoms, you could, that would be nice. You know, I don't know, Stephen, have you thought about that? Yeah, I mean, that, that would be attractive as a long-term fundamental investor. So, I mean, I, I have two kind of strategies within my portfolios. One is kind of the event-driven special situation stuff. And then the other, the other side of it is the long-term holdings and the long-term holdings you know, there's opportunities occasionally to trade around that or to decide when to perhaps increase this, the size uh, of the allocation or at times decrease just as a portfolio management thing. And so, you know, it would be attractive if you had an additional indicator to determine uh, what sentiment is. Right. And I would agree that based upon an event-driven uh, investments philosophy, that TA would probably not have that much Value. Yeah, and that's actually what you know where I was going to go with a question back to you, Kevin. Is you know where do you see perhaps some limitations on that, and where where do you see it ideally working? Yeah, uh, you know you mentioned Ford Motor Company makes sense. There, you're right. You know, agree that the uh, unlikely to be an information arbitrage opportunity there. Uh, all the information is is out there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're, we're, what's the ideal way to use it uh, in terms of, of types of companies and what are some limitations? I think the ideal way, people often ask, for example, should I use it in, in evaluating microcap stocks? Okay. So that, let, let's put that at the very low end. And the issue is that when you have little to no volume or you have buy by appointment, I think that uh, TA is not applicable, particularly when the spreads are ridiculously uh, large. Okay, so when you're down into the this really small stuff, it's it's inappropriate, in my my opinion. Um, as I mentioned, it's appropriate for many many time frames. So that's the other thing about it. What, for example, what's going on right now in the market? I'm watching it on a daily basis. What's going on right now? You get a lot of these things that I call wild and crazy. You'll see a you'll see a company that's doing a hundred thousand shares a day, and then all of a sudden in one day it'll do seventy three million shares. Okay. Um, you cannot even, I mean, that, that's stupid to begin with. So in, in cases like that, I don't think you can apply um, TA beneficially. Now, one might be able to do it when they get uh, down into the three minute, five minute, 10 minute time frame because you can always spread it all out. Uh, so the other thing about it is that when volume is jumpy and volume is is just kind of not coming in and, and things like that, when it isn't when it isn't uh, nice and smooth and dynamic, then I think that uh, TA could be um, less than appropriate. Okay, when you're dealing with things that the volume is is is, is all over the place. 
uh, because you really want to have some stability, some dynamic stability in the in the uh, in the view of it. Um, I do think that it, as I said, I do think it has applicability long term, um, where you have a long term hold, as you were saying, Stephen, not just the event driven. So, uh, and again, one of those things. I'll give you an event driven situation where you have an event driven <clears throat> earnings report, <clears throat> and the earnings report from a good company comes out and it shits, you know, and all of a sudden the stock drops twenty percent. Um, how do you how do you respond to that? Well, that's a that's actually going to be a, a a emotional response more so than a, than something that's driven by technology tech, uh, TA because it's just broke it's just broken. Okay, uh, at least for a short term, it's broken for a short term. Okay, so you got to wait for the stock to come back. So there are things that it doesn't work very well when it becomes broken. Okay, so uh, earnings reports will break uh, a chart. These stupid seventy-three million uh, volume days will break the chart. So what you want is you want to have something that actually is, you know, readable in the fashion um, that you can apply mathematics to. I mean, it's all about mathematics at some level. So you, when you have something that, that's a distortion like that, I, I just run away. I'm not even going to deal with it. Uh, there, there are there are some areas that it will not be applicable to. However, it's used by people in all stripes, um, simple stock pickers, uh, Robin Hooders, in some extent. Even to the point where you know, I was just reading uh, Peter Brandt. He does a lot of. He, he, he's been. He's one of the uh, market wizards um, from the uh, from that book, <clears throat> and he only trades pretty much only trades futures. So it, they apply it in futures as well. They, they apply it in in uh, in forex, um, and and places like forex and um, and uh, futures. There's almost no information. So it's purely emotional based upon whatever whatever there are. I mean, there are macros, of course, and lots of macro pieces of information that will drive forex and, and futures. Um, but I, you know, I, I've, I've done a lot of reading on it, and a lot of those guys are are oftentimes, I mean, they're guessing. I mean, they're guessing on what they think is going to be the pair between the, the the U.S. dollar and the yen or whatever it is. It's, it's quite fascinating that way. But most of them still use some sort of uh, chart reading. Uh, from my perspective, I don't I don't do either futures or forex, but having read about it, it seems that's applicable there. So um, it's not just in, in 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 trading and companies and things of that type. It can be it can be used uh, elsewhere in the in the uh, in the broad in the broad dynamic of trading. So Kevin, how do you utilize? I mean, we I, I invite everybody to go back and listen to Kevin and I's episode. I, Forget exactly which one. It was it was early on. I think it was early. Yeah. I think it was in the the twenties or thirties. Maybe maybe. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh wait. Back back before I was born. Yeah. yeah. Back back before. Actually, I think I was still a toddler. You were born. Yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. Um. But you know, Kevin, kind of hearkening back to that first interview. I mean, how do you use TA when you're looking at you know small micro nano caps? Because as you just said, you kind of need a little, you need some volume. It's not like you can you can do employ employ the strategy with. Uh, you know, low volume, barely let's, traded stocks. Let's 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 take a look right now. For example, um, what's happening is we've had a decline uh, over the last six weeks. Um, do you know whether or not it's going to continue to decline? No. Okay. Can you make a prediction? Hell no. Okay. So the one thing that we're dealing with TA is we're dealing with probabilities. Okay. Simply simple probabilities. People want to know what it's going to project to and what's going to hold for the future. And the answer is, it's a wild ass guess. No matter which way you take, all you're doing is using TA to to help you minimize uh, the variability that you have in choosing 
and assessing the fact that you actually do um, use it as a probabilistic method, you know, so, so you're getting that thing. Um, the other part about it also is when you start to look at these, uh, these, these dynamics and probabilities, <clears throat> you know, you have to look at this thing and saying, you're going to be like a, uh, a baseball batter. You know, you're going to get up 10 times and you're going to miss seven of them, at least seven. Okay. So to some extent, the same thing is true in, in trading and, um, and aspects of that type. So you have to go in with the idea that you're going to lose more than you're going to win. But when you win is uh, done right, you're going to end up being much, you know, much better. Out. You're, going to, you make, you're going to make 90% of your money on 30% of your trades. You know, so and the other ones you're going to lose. So it's also, you can't deal with with uh, TA without without managing your money, without having a, a risk management profile or a risk management plan, or you know, how money management plan or whatever it is. So it, it's a it's a compilation of a number of different things. Uh, again, it's better to not lose money. <clears throat> to some extent, you know, a lot of a lot of really good TA guys will will focus mostly on not losing money rather than making money. So, so are there are there any indications or how do you approach then position sizing that's your personal choice i mean i mean ultimately my my sizing is is modest i mean i don't it, my 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 model on it is minimizing loss okay so position sizing is minimizing loss so what i'll do is i'll look at it and look at it and say okay what's the risk what's the risk reward of this particular item so if i have a 10 dollar stock for example um, I want to buy it as close to a particular location um, technically that I can, which is typically, you know, moving average or, or what I, what's called the moving average squeeze, things of that type, where, where your risk reward can be identified. Your risk reward would be, I'm going to buy it at 10 and I'm going to be out of it at uh, 997, not 997, but 995. Okay. So that basically is your, your window. But, but the other way you're looking at it is if you are indeed picking the stock based upon a chart historically, and just historically, you, sit, you pick up something like a head and shoulders or a cup and handle. These are pretty well-known um, uh, um, patterns. Um, they project because of history, they project to something. Okay, so you can sit down and say, I'm gonna risk 200 bucks, 300 bucks, 1,000 bucks for a potential $4,000 game or a $400 game. Um, typically what you're looking at is you're looking at a risk reward where you're in the area of three to one. Okay, typically about three to one. You're looking for a three, three times return on a one-time risk. Okay, so, uh, and if you hit those things on a consistent, if you hit those things on a consistent basis and you hit them three out of four times, you make money. So it is, so it is, it, it is positioning and uh, entry, entry level, um, uh, where you choose your entry and how you protect yourself. So it's, a, it's not just, you know, it, novice TA users will just use it to, to try to find how to, how to make money, okay? And lose the perspective of everything else. Hey, Kevin, how do, I mean, this is, I mean, I could ask the same question for any strategy, but because I'm, I'm you know, I, I don't employ TA or know it as well, you know, when it comes to idea generation, because it seems like when you have a long-term strategy, you're giving yourself time. Right. You know, you can if you want to, of course, you know, some people will go and just take a position right away just to say, right. all right, I have money invested. So now I'm going to put I'm going to put the time into understanding a little bit more to size up. Right. But it always seemed it, it, to me, especially being in the FinTwit community, those on the trading side, it seemed it's bang, bang. 
right? Like, uh, it, or so it seems, you know, so when it comes to idea generation and being able to see the patterns at the right time, I mean, yeah, I know, you know, there's always another bus coming in, but at the same time, like, where's the station? There's always another bus coming in. That's the one thing about it is, is that you can always wait for your, your selection. I mean, and the other thing about it is, this is really fascinating, I'm talking about microcaps. Um, as you know, we, we are members of a microcap club and we talk among ourselves. And as a result, you can, you can get a sense for what people are thinking, okay? Um, you can go into some of these forums, which are full of retail buyers and, and hear all kinds of stupid stuff, okay? But again, it, it basically projects sentiment. So while, while, while you're listening to information flow in these forums and, and clubs, what you're also looking at is you're also looking at the sentiment of what's coming out of that, okay? Is the commentary coming out saying, oh, geez, I'm really good, oh, geez. oh, wow, this is the best thing since sliced bread. But you can see it in the chart. Oftentimes see it in the chart. We can pick out, I can pick out any number of, of uh, microcap, well-traveled well companies. And you look at the chart and you sit down and say, it's not going anywhere. Even though, even though there's great news and there's wannabe news and everybody likes the stock and it's a great thing and the CEO is great, the stock's not going anywhere, okay? The question is why, okay? What's, what's holding the stock back? And, and um, as I said, the sentiment that's there, no, and you look, you're just looking at the chart saying it's not going anywhere, okay? It might go someplace when it starts selling, okay? And you can follow that, okay? Um, so there's, there's quite a bit, there's quite a bit um, of, again, I've said it before, it's, it's the idea of being able to track sentiment. Uh, can you, uh, I'm getting off track. So uh, you asked the question again, Bob, about microcap, what was the, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm losing track. By the way, hang on, hang on a minute. I'll be right back. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, Stephen. Let's uh, let's jam on some ideas on how, as novice <laughs> TA people, how how how, how should where we, we see all the skepticism, right? Yeah. Um, this is. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm joking. Uh, now that Kevin's Kevin stepped away for a moment, uh, but you know, I'd say from my perspective as a fundamental investor, you know, uh, Kevin had just kind of mentioned. Um, you know, companies that maybe are, are stagnant, you know, operationally they're doing well, but they're stagnant. Uh, stock price might be stagnant and he, he thinks, it, you know, may appear to be stagnant for some time. Uh, I like to, you know, I would like to be in some of those companies, quite frankly, because um, that provides one, you know, it's very difficult to, to predict timing on these things. I mean, a fund might look at the same operational success that I'm looking at and make a huge, begin to make a huge buy or allocation. And then all of a sudden, uh, later on, after they've been making these purchases, the TA crowd comes in and says, look, the chart looks good, right? Um, but I'd rather be in before the chart looks good <laughs> when it might look good in the future. And so how do you predict that? And I think that's, that's the operational success and, and being willing and patient to hold these things for an extended time. <laughs> we didn't actually, call, you know, we did, we did not actually uh, poke you at all while you were gone. I, I was remote. But, uh, I was remote hearing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, it'd be interesting to kind of hear your perspective on that. Uh, you know, my strategy, uh, again, to to reiterate, I'm kind of slowly entering a position and actually wanting it to go down. Are you ever looking at it like that? Or are you looking, um, looking for I, that? I will, for example, um, today the market's looking pretty interesting. I mean, it's 
showing some vibrancy again. Um, yet I still think there's quite a bit of questioning as to whether or not it's going to stabilize or go up or whatever. So um, what I what I do if I want to get into something, I'll put a buy stop in, make a buy limit, and um, buy at a low. As you've been saying, I'd rather buy at a low as well. And uh, but I will buy it a bait. I bought a stock today because I, I like the company. Okay, I think it's well run. It's it's going it's it's going bang 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 bang. Um, it's showing extraordinarily extraordinarily high revenue growth, except for the 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 the, the issue has come down thirty or forty percent thirty percent or so over the last uh, uh, six to eight weeks. So it's a nice. I like it. Okay, and I bought in today because I saw it in a, I saw it in a situation where it appears. And I'm not going to sit down and say anything else. It appears to have reached its bottom. Okay. Um, but at the same time, if I'm going to go in and buy it, I'm going to put it in the stock literally within 1%, something like that. Some number like that, as you said, based upon your, uh, your criteria. So, you know, in, in that case, it's, it's you, you I, I prefer to be, I prefer to be protecting my, protecting my assets at all times. Um, I don't want to be in a drawdown. I've been in too many of those drawdowns. They suck. Okay. Being in a drawdown sucks because you have no idea when it's going to come back. And you know, it's one of those things where if you're in a drawdown, say that drawdown is 50%. Okay. You have to basically gain a hundred percent to get your money back. Okay. So it's really quite numeric. You know, the numbers basically sit down and say, geez, you're, you're kind of screwed when you're in a when you're in a drawdown. I would rather miss the opportunity to get back in because I know I have numbers of different companies. I would rather miss the opportunity to get in than to be in a situation where I can't sleep at night. You know. So we had a we had a conversation with the, with a with couple of other fellows here. Uh, they have a long term conviction hold on a company. Um, it was an early IPO. They they got into it. They the company came out and had a bad earnings report. And since that time, um, they 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 were in it for long term. And they've already lost something like 50% of their investment. Okay. When is that stock going to return? That quite, I have no idea. I'm, am I willing to hold it? Answers, I wish the hell I got out. And now, and now, going back to what you're saying, Stephen, and now when I have that conviction, okay, I can start buying the shit out of it. Um, now, because I know that the company's going to return to whatever, all those things. So I would rather be sitting on the sidelines watching it go down not laddering myself into it going down. I would rather wait for it to hit the hit what I think is the bottom. Okay. And enter there. You can enter in a fairly substantial position because you're kind of really feeling that the things are at the bottom. So instead of buying all the way down, you wait and you wait and you wait and you only start to buy in the way up. Would you say then that uh, someone like me builds conviction based yep. off fundamentals and someone like you builds conviction off of the the price action. I confirm my conviction. I confirm my conviction based upon the price action. I That's see. how I would suggest. I don't make my conviction based upon it. My conviction is already there. Because okay. that's the list. So when you're looking at your watch list or companies you're interested in, right. you've already built that oper uh, that operational fundamental conviction. You're, you're, you've narrowed your universe to companies that you like fundamentally. And right. then, then you look on, okay. Or sectors, or a sector that I can, you know, fundamentally, because say, for example, um, let's pick a sector that will likely be beneficial over the next 15 to 20 years, okay? Electric vehicles, okay? I think we all recognize that that's going to be a sector that's going to be profound 
uh, in its growth over the next, certainly 15 to 20 years. Would you invest in 15 to 20 years long-term if you're a long-term investor? Sure, that would be, that would be a conviction by from a, from a group or a person who wants to basically be in this sector for the long-term, okay? Regardless of what happens on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, they are conviction holders of EV, okay? Well, that would make one sense. Now, what if you were in a situation where, and, and, and you're looking at this thing and saying, I'm gonna get a 10 bagger out of this thing. Um, but now that I'm con- I have a strong conviction, I've done all my research and fundamentally, it's, it's great stuff to have. I, I, there, are, there are, let's sit down and say there are 10 companies in them in EV. Most of them travel together from a, from a um, uh, sector basis. And also there's an ETF that will basically want but how do you pick the, do you pick the best one or you just pick one or two or whatever? So now you're in a situation where you have a lot of information, you've done a lot of work, um, you're convicted. No, you're not convicted, you're holding conviction. Um, <laughs> the, question, the, question, the question that comes out of this is now, this is, goes back to the early question. If you, let's sit down and project a little, let's sit down and say 10 years from now, you've, you've invested $1,000. And, and, and now it's at $2,500, okay? Um, and you've gone through this period of ups and downs and a couple of drawdowns here and there, but now you're up, you know, you're up, you know, whatever the hell it is, percentage-wise. If you were able to basically buy in and buy out along that same road, okay? And instead of holding $2,500 in your portfolio, you know, you're holding $5,000 in your portfolio because you were basically getting out, you waited for the dips to go in and buy, okay? so. Fundamentally, if you're trying to grow your funds, w- the argument I'm making is, wouldn't it be wise to, to watch, the, watch the charts? And, and, and if you can get in and out, a lot of long-term holders can't get in and out because they hold too, much of the, hold too much of the stuff. So that's a big, big, big deal. Trying to, it's holding too much relative to the size of the average daily volume or the, or the outstanding shares of a particular company. If you're a 5% or 10% holder, I'm sorry, you're going to be there for a long time. Okay. Uh, I don't think, I don't even know how many family offices hold, you know, five or 10%, but we've heard stories. So, you know, to, to that end, and, you know, it, it, it is different. So, so if you, if you know where you're going and you know that you're going to be holding it for a long time, you, conv- you have strong, strong sentiment to it. But the chart moves against you. You know, all of a sudden it goes way up and it goes way down. And it goes way down for no reason that you can see. Okay. How do you? How, why? Why shouldn't you be thinking about moving in and out with some sort of criteria-based uh, methodology? And that methodology could very well be something that would be appropriately tagged to technical analysis. I mean, that's the that's the biggest question that one has to ask. I think between portfolio a manager and the return on investment that that portfolio manager can make for their investors. I mean, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't a portfolio manager hire directly a strong, a strong person in TA to sit down and say, you know, right now the chart, the chart's looking like it's way overbought. You know, you know, hold it here because it looks like it's coming down, man. Even if, he, even if you only chop out, you know, the, the, you know if the run's this big, and you just chop out the middle. You don't buy, you know, you know, not tops and bottoms, but you basically tops and bottoms this way, but they just chop out the middle so you miss that. Isn't that beneficial? Shouldn't the portfolio manager take a look at 
uh, or ask a TA person or a TA group or a CMT guy, can you tell me what you think about this? You know, so that you have a dual nature of, of a portfolio management uh, scheme. Yeah, there's some large investors. I know this to be the case, you know, some, some uh, successful kind of larger hedge funds um, that are not strictly TA based, you know, people who are, are kind of known as more fundamental investors. I'm thinking of like a David Tepper or something like that. Um, you know, are, are you familiar or do you follow some of these larger investors? Do you know which ones kind of layer on their fundamental no. analysis with that? It'll be interesting to find out. If you know some, I'd be very, very interested to see how they work it, uh, particularly if there's any sort of um, material that you can read up on. I, again, I don't know any, so I mean, that's, if you do, I, I, my guess, you know, just being in the market for like, it's a, it's a small handful. That's my guess, okay? I think it's because people poo, -poo it for any number of reasons. Hey, Kevin. But yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. Sorry. No, 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 finish that thought. And then I, oh, I, I didn't have a thought. I was poking my ear. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Well, um, <laughs> going, going off your, 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 some of your recent tweets, um, I, I, don't, I don't remember them exactly verbatim. I'm sure I could pull them up, but I'll, I'll just paraphrase, I guess. But I, I remember seeing over the last like few days, maybe it was maybe a week or so, talking about how, you know, I don't see any great entry points or, or things have been, I, I guess, quote unquote, sleepy. You know, what's, why, why is it, why is times like this in the market not great for that TA trading strategy? Uh, it's too volatile. It's in too many, volatile. many cases, it's too volatile. Um, you know, you can see some stuff, but you're being, you're being, you, 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 you want a pig in a poke type of thing. Uh, so there's, there's volatility. There's also, there's also no direction if you want to use that phrase, I mean, the direction is down right now. The direction is definitely down, okay? We know that, except for in the Dow. The Dow, the Dow is still holding up and some of the S&P stocks are still holding up. I mean, you know, it, for example, go back and look at Ford. Uh, Ford's still, thank you very much, it's still rising and rising and rising. Uh, very good for them, okay? So they are, they are a one-off type of company, but so many other companies, particularly uh, those who are in the NASDAQ, um, are doing this, they, they are, uh, in a stage right now where there's one criteria that I use all the time is that they're, they're selling below the 50 day moving average, which is a fairly historic um, marker that one uses as to see whether or not it's wise to go into and out. Um, there's another element that, that people want to trade. I mean, literally people, I got to trade, I got to trade. So you got you to advance the idea that Trading is, is, you know, the, the market's telling you, you know, why trade? I mean, certainly trade long, okay, right now, because the market's going up. So, um, yeah, I, I, the sense is that when you see all these things, you look at the VIX, the VIX is down low, thank you very much. Um, the, the, Dow is, the Dow is going up, the S&P is going up, the NASDAQ is going down. Uh, so there's, a, there's quite a bit of uh, uh, structural uh, change that's out there. But individually, look, I looked at, uh, say, for example, I looked at um, Bitcoin, okay? And that does not look very interesting to me. I mean, I, I understand the sentiment behind it, but the chart is, 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 uh, is not, it, it doesn't give you a warm and fuzzy, you know? So I think- Why, why, does, it, why does it not give you the warm and fuzzies? I need to show you, I need to show you, Bob. That's why I said we need to have charts up here. So I don't know how to pull up a chart. So, you know, in front of me. But I, I put, I posted it. I, I posted a picture of it on on 
on Twitter about a week ago or something like that. If you can pull it up, I don't, I don't, I have no idea how to pull it to do that. So, um, well, what type of conviction then on that? So you you formed an opinion here that you're sharing right. on Bitcoin, and because there's no fundamentals, this is like a nice right. discussion point here, right? Right, right. So, so you have uh, this opinion, right. um, and earlier you said. Um, you know, that these are indicators, obviously it's not a hundred percent or something like that. You know, these are indicators. No. Uh, how strongly do you feel about that opinion? Um, well, that's an interesting question. When, how strongly do you feel about a, a something that's a probability? Okay. Bobby, open up that screen a little bit more. Yeah. And what do you think, I guess, you know, I guess well, that, that kind of goes along the lines of what is your probability? You know, you yeah. said earlier about kind of the baseball analogy. Yeah, precisely. Um, you want you want, you want the thing right down the middle, not to be able to maximize something. You don't want to be you don't want to be swinging it up, you know, high and away. Um, so, in, in many many cases, what happens is that if you look at this chart, what you're seeing is you're seeing the thing losing momentum, okay, over time. And the thing that's missing here is that um, when you look at TA these ideas called indicators, okay? And the indicators are the mathematics uh, behind uh, the chart. It's the manipulation of, the, of the, uh, the prices according to some algorithms. And what you end up with is you end up with some leading indicators and some lagging indicators. Uh, I like to use the leading indicators because of course you look, you're dealing with, with acceleration with, uh, rather than velocity. Um, so what you're dealing with here is that that chart in and of itself says, oh, it's, you know, the, the movement is slowing down. But when you look at the, the indicators, the indicators are going down when the price is going up, okay? That's the one thing that really caught my eye. It's like, oh, that's, when, and when that happens, um, history will show you that you better damn well be, be aware that this thing could break downward. So that if you are in Bitcoin, protect yourself. I mean, literally, all you're doing is saying, "Okay, fine. This thing looks like it's looks like it's a little bit iffy, more iffy than if it would show the op the opposite." Okay, you know what I'm saying? There's there's one way to there's, there's ways to look at these things, and they give you some indication. They give you a hint. Okay, they give you a hint, and it's a historical hint that that things are actually um, good, bad, or indifferent. And I, again, those are the probabilities. And again, you said this correct. There's no fundamental, so you're looking at pure, you're looking at pure sentiment regarding regarding Bitcoin here right now. So, uh, again, Bobby, I can't I can't pull up the chart. So, well, I I mean, uh, I'll be your Vanna White. Tell me what to do. What do you want me? To, what do you want me to show? I, I can't tell you. I don't see anything. I don't see anything there that's that's TA based. About uh, trading 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 view. That's just. Indicators. See indicators. Where? Look on indicators. Oh, indicators. Here we go. Which one uh, should I look? On, at? Look on A, ADX. A. What's the ADX? Good, good pod for the audio listeners here. Yeah, definitely. If you're listening to audio version, go check this out on YouTube. Uh, we, so it's an average, average, average directional index right there. Average, average directional. Okay. Index. Okay. Now, make that smaller. Make it just so that you only get like three months. Three. One day. I'll give you a description if anyone's listening to the audio. He's at oh. uh, at the chart here uh, in CoinMarketCap.com for Bitcoin. He's under the indicator, <laughs> and uh, once you look there, you can kind of time how. Uh, what the hell are you doing, Bob? 
I don't know. There's no three month. Go down farther. Go down lower. This is the lowest. Really? One month. Go to one month then. We're looking at months, days, minutes. Let's switch it out. Switch it out. Go back to indicators. Good Lord. Go back to indicators. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it there. Go to the AD. While they're doing that, I'll give a little bit of advice on to how do you look up the fundamentals, for example, if you wanted to consider Bitcoin as a fundamental investment. And uh, that's that's easy because it's not possible. Yep. <laughs> oh, go, go. So if you're on coinmarket.com and you're looking for, I don't know, say the income statement or the balance sheet, you're not going to no, find it. Go up there where it says, go up there where it says one month, three month, three, three M, one hour. Click, yeah. click, the, click the down button. Okay, now go, go to one month. Well, I'm on one month. Okay, go to, no, that's what's a month. You want days. Okay, how about one day? Yeah, okay, one day. Okay, fine, now, now squeeze, pull that together. Make that make that uh, 30, no, pull together, pull together, pull together, just like you're doing, just like you're doing. Okay, fine, stop, stop, stop right there. Okay. okay. See this See this ADX thing, the red, the red line and the green line? Yep. Okay. Compare December 29th, whatever it is, they where you're on right now. And there are so when the price is going up, the red line is going down. Hmm. Do you see how do you see how the red line is going the opposite direction of price? That's a divergence. Okay. And divergences say, uh-uh, uh-uh, not good. Now they could be an indicator of not good. But that indicator could prove to wash out over time and just become nothing. Okay. Now you can draw a you can draw a tangent line across all those tops, okay, to get a trend line on these indicators. Okay, you can't do it on this thing here. Not that I know of. Okay. No. So, so so what you're looking at, what you're looking at is you're looking at something that the TA guy would sit down and say, ah, it's not, that doesn't look good. All right. And that's one of the reasons why right now I'd be a bit nervous uh, about investing in Bitcoin or Bitcoin related issues. That's what's the red line mean? The, the red line is just the mathematics uh, having to deal with the the, the uh, regression from the mean at 14. Oops. See over at the far left hand. So it's not based on volume. It's based on price alone. Based upon price alone. This one's based upon price alone, right? Um, there are some that are based upon volume, like whatever. There are some based upon volume, but this stuff, what you're seeing here, okay, um, at least the bottom portions of it, those those are some of the things that are indica indicator based, okay? Mathematics, algorithms, however you want to describe it, they're doing they're doing some voodoo. I mean, most people call it voodoo, but what? And if I could draw it correctly, you draw a trend line across the tops of those red line tops, okay? Right there, yep, you draw it and it would be going downward, okay? And it would be opposite of what the price is doing. That is classic, classic TA, okay? So what it's saying is, now if you really want to stretch this thing out and how would I interpret it, okay? If I have a trend line on the red, on the high red areas, all right? So, sorry, I can't draw it, Bobby. Um, if, if time goes on and you get into April and that red line now breaks upward, the red line breaks upward, and, and and crosses the trend line coming down from what you don't show, then my attitude changes. 
because things have changed uh, dynamically. And that has been our lesson today in yeah. <laughs> in chart reading. <laughs> that was I, I told you, Bobby. The next time, next time you got to do this, you got to bring up. You got to give me. You got to give me a means of being able to pull up charts because it's so much easier. This oh, is sure. like a telestrator. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I have a, a yeah. You need a telestrator or something because that's that's what TA is. It the TA is 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 pattern recognition based, chart based, visually based, everything else. So I mean, it's. You know, it's, it's hard talking about it without the charts in front of you. Fair enough. All right. Well, then I think that, <clears throat> wow, I guess I'm still going through puberty after that. I, I, <laughs> I guess my, tra my trading puberty. Uh, well, look, guys, I think, I think this actually might be a good place to end it to start because this is part one. We're going to be talking about this topic. We could talk about it for days. I think we're going to have a couple other people on here talking about TA and trading and, and helping us. And we're going to do charts and everything. Yeah, gotta we're going to get, we're going to do the whole, everything that Kevin wants in the next one. But, um, you know, to, to kind of close this out here, give us your final thoughts. Steven, you first, and then uh, Kevin can close this out. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know that I have uh, too much additional to say. I, I mean, I like the idea uh, of ensuring, and this is where I think Kevin has an advantage here of, you know, his watch list are all companies that he has a strong fundamental view on, right, first. And that's, that's how he narrows his universe. And then from there, he's looking for entry points or, you know, potentially exit points of current positions. And so, you know, that's something that is attractive for me as a purely fundamental investor that, and that's why I respect Kevin's approach. Uh, I think when you have people who are purely fundamental or sorry, purely technical that, that kind of don't look at the fundamentals at all. And Bitcoin's a good example there with because there are no fundamentals. Um, that's an area that I shy away from, you know, significantly more. So, uh, so I, I'd say I respect kind of Kevin's approach to it. And I think that's the, from my perspective, I think that's the better way to go about it. Perfect. And Kevin? Uh, yeah, I think this is a great opening, Bobby. And um, along Stephen's comment and the early comment that I made is that I, it would be refreshing to have more of these conversations between TA types and fundamental types to see actually and to get to get um, viewpoints uh, as to go back to the original question whether or not it's beneficial to a portfolio if you are able to move in and out of your profound convictions, okay, in order to make better choices, you know, from the, in the long run. Is it, is it beneficial to work in collaboration with TA organizations or people or whatnot, CMTs, to do that? Um, is, it, is, it your, is, it a, is it a good fiduciary responsibility that you're, that you're doing for your, for your investors? By doing so, and again, I think it all comes back to it. Really, all comes back to 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 the the, the hurt, the big ass hurt that happens when you have drawdowns. There we go. All right. Well, where can people go and follow you on social media, Kevin? I'm still at the good prick. <laughs> and by the way, have you seen my numbers? Yeah, are we over a thousand? Getting there. What up there, man? <laughs> Surging. Oh, are we surging? You know what? This might be, this might finally be the tipping point here. Oh, let's see. That's funny. But this is, as I said, there's an introduction 
you know, it, it, it can be confusing for people who are unfamiliar with charts and, and the way they're read. But again, looking into the future, I think that we will have to have um, a little bit more professionalism when it comes to basically farting around with charts. Well, I should say Bostonian, farting around with charts. <laughs> there you go. Steven, where can people go follow you on social media? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter, uh, Stephen underscore Kiel, K-I-E-L, and uh, also Arquitos.com, WillowFunds.com. Very good. And uh, next week's episode, we'll be talking about why we all deleted the Clubhouse app. Yeah, and, and, and may yeah, or may not Clubhouse by right now, but you can find me at Arquitos, A-R-Q-U-I-T-O-S on Clubhouse. I haven't, haven't been quite as active as I was the first few weeks, but uh, you might find me on, on there occasionally. Yeah, the sentiment. Yeah, again. What the hell is Clubhouse? There you See? go. This, I'll just tell you the sentiment on Clubhouse, is, at least in the in my in, in our circles. It's, I don't know. We'll see. Who knows? Maybe I, I don't even know. I don't even what I don't even know what Doge is. Yeah, I just don't have enough opinions to be on Clubhouse that much, man. Like, I don't, I'm not, you know. <laughs> well, with that, guys, oh, with that, guys, thank you so much. It's a lot of fun. Thanks, have Bob, a great weekend. Fun. All Always right. Yeah, thanks. All right. See you guys later. Bye.